Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri. We are broadcasting live from Veterans Field in Grand Island off of Bedell Road. I want to thank the Niagara Falls Junior Vikings for their hospitality and hosting us today, doing the show from here. And then at 11 o'clock, I'm tearing down, going across the field and coaching my son's game. So looking forward to it. It looks like the rain is uh, kind of tapering off a little bit. Hopefully it goes away. I'm hoping. <laughs> We're in the press box watching the uh, little guys are playing, the uh, six- and seven-year-olds, the junior Vikings against our rattlesnakes. Looks like they're having a lot of fun playing in the rain. Hey, guys, it's football weather. This is what it's all about. This is what we love to do uh, when we were kids, love to get out there and play in the rain. All right, here's what we have coming up today. We've got our news and notes. Uh, we have... Uh, we have some big news coming up next week, and you're going to want to stay tuned. And uh, this is concerning the Connolly Cup, so that's, that's a little tease for you. Make sure you're tuning in next week. So we have that. Uh, we are going to talk about, obviously, the St. Joe's and Tymon uh, fiasco last night, so we have all that. Roger's going to clarify the playoff picture for us, find out uh, what happened after last night's games, how did it impact the playoffs. And uh, So we'll have all of that and more. Let's get right into the news and notes, of course, Nate will have scores for us in a little bit. All right, Marquell. Now, guys, keep in mind, you know, bear with Marquell a little bit. He's bearing, battling laryngitis, so he's going to give it his best shot here. And uh, we're going to start off with Marquell for news and notes. Yeah, I was um, sniffling last week, squeaking this week. But um, a lot of news and notes. First off, went to Maryvale earlier this week to watch a couple girls' teams. They both won their games. I seen the girls' soccer team beat Hutch Tech. And the volleyball team beat East Aurora in five games. Um, both teams are led by juniors. Volleyball is led by Syracuse commit Julia Carter. Soccer led by Lexia Aquilino. And she's leading Coach Poole's soccer team, which is now 9-2-2, which is their best record in a while. And also wanted to shout out Carly Murray, who had surgery a few days ago. She's a three-sport athlete at Maryvale. Congrats to Willie's Girls Soccer, won, won their third ECIC2 regular season title. They're currently 11-0 in league play, led by um, Burzon, who has well over 20 goals. Um, big day for boys soccer on Monday, Hamburg versus Frontier. That's one of the games, and also a big day at Sweet Home, where there's Super Monday tournament going on. One of the games is East Aurora versus Canisius. Today, girls volleyball tournament is at the BNCC, pretty good teams up there. Last week, the two-time defending state champ, Portville Girls, they won the big tournament at Clarence last weekend. Um, I wanted to congrat congratulate my old football coach at Cleveland Hill, Tony Percival, 
who hosted his final homecoming pep rally last week. Um, the voice of the Golden Eagles football and basketball teams. He's retiring this June, and I can't wait to see him later today when I go to Cleveland to see them play Medina. And um, we may talk about the OP Bennett game a little later, but I wanted to get this, this out the way now. I just wanted to shout out OP kicker Brian Strybell. I hope I got his last name right. I was talking to his father last night. Um, a lot of kids, everybody's going to be wearing pink this month for breast cancer awareness, but his was for a real special reason. He is supporting his cousin who is going through a really bad illness that was started by breast cancer and has gotten worse since. Um, his cousin is 38 years old mother of two children and a teacher, but she's going through hospice now, and the family said she was really, really stricken by illness really recently, so they're hoping for the best. Um, keep your fingers crossed and prayers for their family. Shout out to uh, Nick O'Neill since you're mentioning cancer. Uh, one of my former players who played for me when I was coaching at North Buffalo. Nick is in the hospital right now. He's battling cancer. Uh, Nick, I'm, I'm thinking about you and praying for you every day and hoping for you to, uh, to make a, a bounce back. And uh, Brian's cousin's name, if I didn't mention the name, is Lindsay. Lindsay Simmons. Okay, uh, the WesternNewYorkAthletics.com Athlete of the Week is Ian Baker of Springville. He broke the school record for rushing yards last weekend uh, versus Jamestown, a record that was set 10 years ago by Mark Rendell, set in 1996. He broke the record on what was a 59-yard TD run and finished the game with 318 yards and two TDs. In uh, week, one, week one, Baker had six rushing TDs. Congrats to Ian Baker. The original record was 2,311. That's from uh, Frank Wolf of WesternNewYorkAthletics.com. Raj, anything for news and notes from you? Yes, I got quickly. Uh, Markel mentioned the uh, Hamburg uh, Frontier soccer game this Monday. If you're going out there, check the time. It might be earlier during the day because it's a school holiday. So I don't think it'll be like a 5 o'clock game. I don't know the exact time, so you might want to check and uh, be, away, be alert that it could be as early as noon, I would think. Uh, secondly, I was at St. Mary's uh, High School Wednesday. I got to see the girls' volleyball team finally this year. Uh, no uh, dual ma matches against Eden this year because of scheduling conflicts, but I did see the second of a home-and-home -home, uh, volleyball uh, game against Mercy of Rochester. Now, while St. Mary's did win the uh, match in three straight sets, but they were all very close games, I believe. 25-23, 25-23, 25-21. They had earlier beaten Mercy at Mercy. Uh, kind of a busy week for St. Mary's Volleyball, Anthony. Last weekend they were in Arizona. This weekend they're in New Jersey. So uh, they get to go all over. They're playing the top teams. Finally... Uh, Wednesday, I, excuse me, Tuesday, I was at Iroquois High School. They have their annual pink volleyball game. They do that every year, uh, you know, to support Breast Cancer Awareness right. Month and all that. And I want to give a special shout. They have a uh, senior volleyball player who also uh, plays softball. Her name is Megan Steins. I had the opportunity to meet her mother, Christine Steins, who is an eight-year cancer survivor. I wanted to give a shout-out to them.
Thank you, Raj. And of course, if you look out onto the field right now, I'm speaking to the guys here in the, uh, in the press box, you'll notice that the kids out there are wearing pink socks in uh, honor of breast cancer awareness. I know uh, several of the kids on our team, they'll put on gloves and uh, everybody going all out to, uh, for cancer awareness. Uh, <coughs> I want to give a shout-out to Don Prince and Tony Maple of Burgard. We're both injured. Uh, last night I was at the game. Uh, Dom took a, a nasty hit to the head. He had to stay the night at uh, ECMC, from what I understand. He's going to be okay. They want to run some tests. And uh, Tony Maple uh, took a thigh injury to his leg. Uh, he will be okay. And uh, shout out to the group uh, that I sat with at the game, Tony Hunter, uh, uh, Yolanda uh, Maple, and others. And it was funny as they had no idea uh, who I was. I'm just like hanging out watching the game. And they were talking, and, and somebody mentioned inside high school sports. And this is somebody says, well, do you know who that is? It's Tony Kellagher. They went bananas. So it was great watching the game with them. They love, uh, they love our, our uh, Facebook page. You can check that out inside high school sports. And, Raj, you know what they said they, they absolutely love about this program? Well, we get into it about food. Oh, I thought that there was a Kensington guy in the mic. I thought that's what they liked about it. Actually, there was a, uh, one of my former players, Derek McNabb, who was sitting with me, left Burgard to go to Kensington. So there's your Kensington now, there's connection. There's a career move if I ever heard one. <laughs> but I talked to him anyway. What was the Burgard's uh, nickname again? That would be the Bulldogs. <laughs> go dogs. All right, uh, let's go to the scores and highlights from last night. Nate Geary, it's all you, pal. All right, Tony. Uh, let's see. We had a busy night last night. First starting in the Class AA, we had Williamsville East beats Sweet Home. That's actually uh, single A there. But uh, North Tonawanda beats Amherst 49-14. Lumberjacks uh, had quite a game there beating up on Amherst. Class AA North, Ken West 14, Clarence to 10. Uh, Clarence was undefeated going into that game. And uh, that was a tough loss there for Clarence. Lancaster, another big win, 51-24 over Hutch Tech. Ryan Mansell, 13 of 15 for 144 yards and three touchdowns. A great performance from him. Uh, I can't plug my ears on this one, Tony, because I am unfortunately saying the scores today. Jamestown, 52. Frontier, nothing. Fran Rodriguez ran for 133 yards, two scores for Jamestown in that one. Iroquois, 21. West Seneca East, 13. And uh, let's see, Brandon Yax was, uh, was busy for Iroquois. He carried the ball 40 times, 177 yards, two touchdowns in that one. Hamburg ekes out a victory over Lakeshore, 20-14. to 14. And then in Class B South, Olean, 27. East Aurora, Holland, 24. That one was in overtime. Pioneer, 30. Fredonia, 6. Dunkirk, 40. Springville, 6. So a similar score there. Alton Ingram, he had 108 yards on the ground and a touchdown in that one. Maryvale, another victory. They are still undefeated, 56-6 over Newfane. And uh, DeCerdo, I believe, is the last name of Maryvale. He threw for 170 yards and two touchdowns, only a sophomore. So he's, uh, he's got some good things going up there for Maryvale. Cheek DeWaga, the number one in our small school poll, 62 to uh, Lewiston Porter's zero. Burgard, 34, another shutout there. Tonawanda, zero. Alden, 28. Lackawanna, 12. Then we got in Class C, South Gowanda, Pine Valley, 46, Salamanca, 19, Maple Grove, 43, Silver Creek, Forestville, 6, Randolph, 33, Frewsburg, 7, Albion over Akron's 40-16. JFK beats Allegheny Limestone, 30-7. And then we had Victor Alexander, 50, Wilson, 26. And the last game that wasn't on there was Orchard Park's 14-8 victory 
over Bennett last night. That does it here for the uh, for the scores, Tony. Thank you very much, Nate. Job well done. All right, the one game that you uh, that we has everybody talking about. If you're on uh, Twitter or on Facebook, on our page, you'll see the co- endless uh, amount of conversations. And that was uh, St. Joe's versus Time and game being canceled due to a brawl uh, to set the stage. Uh, now Joe Marguccio, who's, who was there, we're going to get uh, uh, his thoughts on it in a little bit. But uh, from what I understand, Joe, uh, Chad Kelly's younger brother, Casey Kelly, hit out of bounds and commotion ensued. Uh, St. Joe's people felt that uh, he was being roughed up or what thing, or, or you know something like that. While Chad Kelly storms out onto the field, he has to be restrained. And of course, that's the biggest uh, thing that people are talking about is the fact that Chad went out there. But there's a lot more. I mean, the way I'm looking at it is, is, is we have two wrongs uh, going on here. We had the late hit out of bounds. We had. Uh, the accusations, and I don't know, you were there, you can correct me on, on this, but uh, Kelly was swarmed by time and players. No punches were thrown. Uh, I don't even know if there was any shoving. So the wrong was on the time and part is not keeping the players in check and uh, making sure that the opponent is safe when he's out of bounds. The second wrong, Chad Kelly storming out onto the field and making a spectacle of himself. Uh, here you have the starting quarterback for Ole Miss, highly ranked team. The uh, prospects of an NFL career after college just flushed down the toilet because you had to go out into the field. Now, I understand uh, being upset that your brother uh, may be in danger or something like that, but you also have to understand there's officials there, there are coaches out there, there are police out there. How much damage do you think is going to really happen? What are you going to do? Are you going to go out there and take on the whole time and team? Uh, it's just completely ridiculous. So he may have just cost himself uh, an NFL career. If you don't think that general ma- managers look at this kind of stuff, look at the past history of uh, incidents at Clemson that led to him being kicked off, uh, him getting in trouble in downtown Buffalo and Chippewa, uh, and then this, so you've got all of that going on, and that shows in, showing a history. Joe, you were there. Tell us in what you saw. Okay, Kelly was running down the right sideline, which, which is now uh, time and sideline, time and switch sideline, so they're over there. And uh, he was taken out of bounds, and he was taken out of bounds hard, and you guys have all been to time, and you notice it's like three feet from the sideline to the fence. So he got slammed into the fence. Now you're on the sideline where timing is. So, but the fans kind of don't know anymore where, where to be. So like the St. Joe's fans were on that sideline, some timing fans. So the fans are kind of mixed now. But yes, Kelly was down on the ground and people were kind of stomping on him and stuff like that. That definitely happened. And so you're saying timing players were hitting him? Oh, timing players were definitely hitting him, yes. So they're hitting him while he's out of bounds. So I want I want everybody to paint the picture there. He was on the ground, surrounded and stuff like that, and getting stomped on. Because any of the video that I've seen, I did not see that happen. I even Casey even come over, you know, when he got came back and said, "What happened over here?" He goes, "They were stomping on me. They were kicking me." So you got to realize there's only 11 St. Joe's players out there, and there's like 30 timing guys. So the St. Joe's guys are halfway gonna go, gonna go, and then you know. It, you got to go then. At that point, you know, your guys are getting beat up. You got to go to the other sideline. So, from what I've seen, there was a time a kid swinging his helmet. I saw that on the video. So, there was there was a lot of fighting going on. It wasn't just pushing and shoving. And, and there was a lot of it. And, I mean, then they talk about, you know, canceling the game. Like, how are they even going to start? 
I mean, there would be a fight the next play. But Chad did go out there, and luckily some coaches stopped him. But he was, you know, over the top. Well, I can see in the video that he was uh, obviously agitated, very upset, yeah. and it was taking an effort to get him to calm down. Yeah, I mean, it was almost like his, you know, bulging veins were coming out of him. Like he had to get over there and get a piece of the action. It's just, just the way he is. We all know that. The whole, you know, he's a hothead. And, uh, but, I mean, like you said, it's your brother, but... It's a football game. I mean, you can't just run on him. What if it was like, you know, Old Miss and his brother, his brother, Casey, is there? You can't run out on the field and go help Chad. Not unless you want to go to jail. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's the situation. But then you did have fans get involved, too, because, like I said, St. Joe's and Timon were both on the same sideline. It, it was, I don't know when they changed that, when Timon's sitting on their other sideline now, not on the press box sideline. Like a lot of teams are starting to do that, flip sidelines so they don't have to hear their own fans anymore. I think one thing that needs to be done is Monsignor Martin needs to conduct an investigation into this and find out if it, uh, it turns out that uh, time and coaches didn't do enough to prevent this or stop this, then something needs to be take, uh, some action needs to be uh, taken against them. Yeah, I mean, it looked like Charlie Comerford, he looked like he wanted to go at it with anybody. You know, I mean, he's that type of guy, you know. And then, you know, I saw the St. Joe's coach go up to Harry Skull and he's, you know, blocking his camera view. He's like, you know, no, this ain't. And Harry goes, you know, this is the Buffalo News, you know. He's like, well, give it a hey, you know, it's his public job. You can't, you can't <laughs> shut the press off. Uh, Quell, I want to get your thoughts on this before we go to Raj, because I know uh, Raj has got plenty. He's probably going to be like, uh, you know, dynamite going off here. Yeah, I was shocked. Uh, or maybe not as shocked as a lot of people were. Um, but I think to sum it up, I'm not going to sum it up with my own words. I'm going to sum it up with uh, one of my favorite coaches from the area recently tweeted, Dan Lutman, uh, West Seneca East boys basketball coach. Um, he recently tweeted to a couple of his players. He says, it doesn't take a man to act like a tough guy. A man does what is right and helps the situation not make it worse. And um, I just wanted to leave you guys with that thought. And also, um, thanks, Harry. Thanks to um, Harry Skull for being at the game and Joe for mentioning that. Harry, we know how much of a professional he is. How he's one of the best, if not the best. Uh, you guys follow him on Twitter at hsjrphoto. That's hsjrphoto. You can catch his photo galleries on there on buffalonews.com. Um, I don't know how much of St. Joe's was blocking his view, but he got plenty of pictures from what I saw. Roger. Uh, amen to what you said about Harry Skull. It don't come any better than him. Uh, I don't know, Anthony. Uh, as far as the uh, Chad Kelly thing, uh, only thing I can guess is that Johnny Football must have been Chad Kelly's uh, hero and protege and all that because what is this guy thinking? So is he going to go out there onto this field and get in the middle of a something what if he took a swing at some guy or whatever he was going to do and breaks a finger on his throwing hand? What is that going to do for the University of Mississippi? What is that going to do for himself? You know who I feel sorry for? Jim Kelly and his family. Because Jim Kelly's nephew, to me, is an embarrassment to the Jim Kelly family. I honestly believe that. If I'm wrong, prove me wrong. I don't think you can do it. 
You know, I have to admit, I like Chad, you know, from times that we've had him on the show uh, and chatting with him on social media. I've always had a good time with him, and I'm rooting for him. I wanted him to succeed. I wanted him to make it to the NFL. I just thought it'd be great, you know, Jim Kelly's nephew going there. I, mean, I know a lot of Bills fans are hoping that the Bills get him. But as I said earlier, you do something like this, general managers in the NFL are going to be looking, and they're going to be watching and say, wait a minute, he's got a history here. I'm not going to give him millions of dollars, and then, what, first time there's controversy, he's going to lose his cool, and something's going to happen uh, out on the field. I'm not willing to take that chance. At least that's how I look at it if I was a general manager. All right, Nate Geary, I know you wanted to chime in on this before we go to the break. Uh, give me your thoughts on the whole situation. Yeah, Tony, I mean, to, to kind of build off of what Roger said, and, and my whole thought behind this process and behind this whole situation is, you know, what does Chad Kelly gain? by running out in that field like what is his best case scenario and and that's where I think he maybe lacks that maturity that ability to make good decisions when he gets upset and I'll be the first to tell you when when I get upset in that kind of situation and during a football game it's hard for you to make good smart decisions but at the same time he has everything to lose and absolutely nothing to gain like Roger said what if he goes out there and hurts himself but not even that what if he goes out there and and punches a minor, and, and what, you know he's a grown man. You can't be in that situation. You didn't see any parents run out in that field. You know there are parents of kids who want to protect their kids out there. You didn't see any parents running out in the field trying to protect their kids. I understand his bravado, his whatever it is, but at the same time, you have nothing to gain from running out in the field of play. I thought that he should have been arrested. That that was my thought behind it. If a parent run out in the field, if that was a parent. That parent would have got arrested, and if it You're wasn't, right. and if it wasn't Chad Kelly, he probably would have been arrested. And you know what? I, I think maybe it's going to take that. Maybe it's going to take him getting arrested to maybe really figure it out. And you're right. Maybe it's the, the Johnny Manziel syndrome. Maybe that's what he's got going on, and he needs to learn the hard way. But you can't make that type of decision and expect a professional football team to bring you on to be the face of the franchise. There's just no way, Tony. How many times do you have to get in trouble before you wake up? I mean, that's what I don't get. You know, if I'm looking at uh, my lifeline on the, my, my, you know, my livelihood on the line here, I'm, going, I'm set to make millions of dollars if I play in the NFL. Even if at the bare minimum he made like you know, 500000 let's say, that's a lot of money. That's very good. Why would you take a chance and throwing that away? And here's the other thing, too, is he doesn't have to throw a punch. It's the appearance. Just going out on the field gave the appearance that he's a hothead and can't be controlled. And, and that's enough for a general manager to, uh, to completely lose any faith in him. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're gonna, Roger's going to break down the impact of last night's game, how it is on the, on the playoffs, who's going to be doing what. I know we did have a few lock their own destiny like Niagara Falls and Star Point, so we'll talk about all that and more. We are live. We are Veterans uh, Field in Grand Island off of Bedell where the Junior Vikings right now are taking on the Niagara Falls Junior Rattlesnakes both leagues, member of NASA, outstanding league, and uh, having a lot of fun watching the little kids play. And, of course, my son's team, the Diamondbacks, we're coming up at 11 o'clock when our program ends. We'll be back with more Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back there live. We're at Veterans Field in Grand Island. 
Niagara Falls Junior Vikings and I mean uh, Grand Island Junior Vikings and Niagara Falls Rattlesnakes playing right now and after this Junior Vikings versus my son's Diamondback team and that's coming up at 11 o'clock. A lot of games last night you heard Nate uh, do the rundown of the scores we're gonna get into uh, how uh, who's locked in who's looking good and who's gonna need a win uh, either today or next week Marquel let's get into our poll what do you have for large and small school poll on our by the way check out our Facebook page inside high school sports and uh, we'll get you in there yeah thank you over 1500 members on there good the bad the ugly uh, everything's on there uh, our Facebook poll um, inside high school sports football poll 14 posters this week Canisius at number one again with Lancaster at two Orchard Park at three on the large school followed by Star Point Clarence St. Francis Bennett Grand Island Niagara Falls and West Seneca East honorable mention goes to St. Joe's time in Will North and South Park and the small schools Cheektawaga again at number one with 13 votes. Maple Grove at number two. Maryville at three. Then Medina, Cleve Hill, Olean, Springville, Silver Creek, Franklinville, Ellicottville, and Dunkirk. Thank you, Marquel. All right, Roger, the scores from last night and the games going on today. Uh, who's on the, what's on the line? Okay, I'm going to start with Class D, Anthony. Uh, bearing in mind Class D, all eight teams make the playoffs, so they play the seven-game schedule uh, primarily for seeding and all that. Having said that, Maple Grove, they have secured first place. Uh, again, whoever ends up playing the final at the Ralph, that could be the de facto state championship. Maple Grove, really looking good. Everybody's impressed. Silver Creek will play Evil Frank this week to see who's the second and third seed. All that probably will establish is in the semifinal, will Evil Frank go to Silver Creek or will Silver Creek go to Evil Frank? Uh, as Joe would say, cheese, pepperoni, and sausage, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. Clymer, Panama, and Sherman. You notice how we relate everything to food on this program. They will play a game against Frewsburg. Uh, the winner would be uh, the fourth seed and would have a home game in the quarterfinal. The winner of that one gets the right to go to Maple Grove for the semifinal. Lovely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Class C. Cleve Hill will finish first in the north. They're already guaranteed. Shout out to Markel. Uh, Wilson will probably finish second. JFK will be third. And next weekend, Akron and Eden play each other for the right for the fourth uh, seed in the north for the right to go to Southwestern in the uh, quarterfinals. Southwestern will finish first in the south. Go on to Pine Valley second. Now for third place, Chautauqua Lake will play Allegheny Limestone next week. Uh, depending on how that uh, plays out, it could be uh, between uh, them two and uh, Falconer slash Cass Valley. One of them three will be out. If Chautauqua, Chautauqua Lake controls their own destiny. Class B, I'm going to defer to Milt when he gets back for some <laughs> of the stuff. Uh, what we do know for sure, Class B South, Olean will finish first. Dunkirk will finish second. Class B West, Chicktawaga, Maryvale play next week. The winner is the first seed. The loser is the second seed. Class B East, Medina is already guaranteed, having won a head-to-head against Alden. So even if they do lose to Albion next week, which I don't think is going to happen, they will still be the first seed. Third 
seeds in the three uh, respective uh, divisions. Lackawanna is two and two with a game against Barker Royhard coming up. I project Lackawanna to win. They should be three and two. Burgard has a game against Luport. Even out without Dominic Prince, I still think they would win that game. Uh, they would be three and two. Uh, in the south, East Aurora Holland plays a game at Springville. If East Aurora Holland knocks off Springville, both of them are out. East Aurora cannot finish in the seventh or eighth seed. If uh, Springville wins that game, then I'll wait for Milt to get back and figure out who's in seventh and eighth. In other words, it's impossible to figure it out. Uh, I don't have all this stuff and all that, and Milt was a maniac student when it came to that. Dearly miss him again. We always miss him. I know, Milt, you're watching us and listening upstairs there. I'm sure he's yelling at you right now. <laughs> no, you know what he's doing? He's probably saying once again, that's the problem we have when you have phys ed teachers instead of English teachers writing up those rules and uh, bylaws and whatever. Or he would be saying Iroquois should be number one in large and small school poll. Funny you should mention that. Iroquois, with that win against West Seneca East last night, all of a sudden, they are back in the picture. They were on the outside lo looking in, having in week six and week seven have to knock off respectively West Seneca East and then South Park. Anthony, are you ready for this? And I'm making a few assumptions here. I'm assuming Bennett is going to knock off Lake Shore next week. I'm assuming McKinley's going to knock off Riverside. Both of them will be tied at five and one. Bennett having the head to head tiebreaker, so Bennett would be number one in the South. If Iroquois should knock off South Park and West Seneca East doesn't lose to their rival West Seneca West, South Park will be out of the playoffs. Wow. Over in the North, Star Point secured number one. North Tonawana can finish two or three. Grand Island, two, three, or four. Grand Island holds their own destiny to finish second. Uh, West Seneca, excuse me, Will South can uh, finish third or fourth. NT second or third because NT would have the head-to-head -head tiebreaker having knocked off Will South and I believe it was week two. Uh, class AA, Clarence, despite their loss to last night, will finish four, uh, three and one, I'm sorry, four and one, and they will, uh, having had the head-to-head -head tiebreaker, having knocked off the falls, will finish first even if the falls ties them in the win-loss record. Ken West right now looks like they will finish third. Lockport, believe it or not, if they knock off Niagara Wheatfield today and they can beat Will North next weekend, can you imagine a scenario where both Will North and South Park would not be in the playoffs? That could happen. Uh, and over in the south, well, Lancaster secured uh, first place with their win against Orchard Park. Hutch Tech uh, will take the third seed. Jamestown, with their win last night against Frontier, uh, will be the fourth seed. Two playoff matchups, I can tell you, will definitely happen in uh, week eight. Jamestown will play at Clarence. Hutch Tech will play at Niagara Falls. Those are etched in stone. The others depend upon what happened this afternoon and or next weekend. What did I say that you're making a face, Anthony? Please. Yeah, Jamestown. There's one winner. Right? Who? Jamestown. Jamestown. Yeah. 
There's only five teams in, in Class AA South. I've been preaching that all year. Okay. They play a whole. And you said there should be just one. In my opinion, there should be one. They should play an eight-week schedule and only have four teams make the playoffs in AA. I think that would make sense. That would obviously make sense. Excuse me, Anthony. You could finish one and six in the regular season, and theoretically, I know the stars would have to align, but you could be one and six and end up a state champion. Wow. <laughs> try, to, try, to, try to comprehend that for a while. Would you like me to repeat all that, Anthony? No, thank you. <laughs> then I guess that was a humongous win by Jamestown last night. Yeah, obviously. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to look at uh, uh, who's uh, possibly you know, who's in contention for the Connolly Cup this year. You know, we have the big announcement coming up next week, so you're going to want to stay tuned as to uh, how we're going to do the finalists or announce the finalists next week so we're going to get into all of that and just throw out some names who out there obviously ian baker is going to be uh mentioned i would think that uh probably first and foremost so we'll kick back get these guys ideas to see what they think again we are broadcasting live at veterans park in grand island as niagara falls and grand island little leagues are playing looks like the sky is starting to clear up look the clouds are going away uh, just in time for my game it's almost like i planned that I love it. All right, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got to have some corn. One last segment. I'm just into a corn kick lately. And that's spelled with a K-O-R-N. Huh? Popcorn or corn on the cob? No, the band corn. (laughs) We're talking about heavy metal here. You're listening to Inside High School Sports for one last segment. And then Sports Talk Saturday coming up after that. Of course, my game, my son's Little League game, uh, immediately following this. So I'm going to coach after this. Roger wanted me to clarify something before the break as I tease that. Next week we'll have an announcement as to how we are going to announce the finalists for the Connolly Cup. It won't be the finalists next week. We're going to tell you how we're going to do it, where we're going to do it, and how you can participate. So stay tuned for that next week. All right, guys, uh, speaking of the Connolly Cup, start throwing out some names of uh, guys uh, who can be on the list. As I mentioned before the break, I think uh, Ian Baker being on the list is a no-brainer. Well, I agree. I hope uh, the uh, hitch he's got in his giddy-up ain't going to hold him back in all there, but I think at the very least uh, he's a shoo-in for a finalist. But then I said that a year ago, so uh, I'm going out on a limb. But uh, he is my early favorite uh, as far as uh, the top well, anyway, in the top five of the uh, ten finalists. Who else would you put out there off the top of your head? Oh, my, uh, the uh, Dominic Prince. Now, the fact that he you know, sustained the concussion last night. And he was suspended for a game. Will they hold him back? Exactly. They say talent-wise, performance-wise, they don't get much better than him. Uh, he is exciting to watch. I'm going to just tell you this right now. Uh, watching him carry the ball last night, I'm like, Wow. His vision, his, his ability to turn on the afterburners is incredible. Something like I haven't seen in a long time. Tremendous talent. Uh, obviously, uh, McDuffie from Bennett, I think he will be a finalist. I don't think there's too many people that disagree with that. Uh, out of those guys at uh, Lancaster, which one or two do you pick? It's so tough when you got those three guys. They, they're all good. Could this be another situation? We've talked about this in the past where teammates are canceling each other off. I tell you what, for the, if they do make the finalists, yeah, I would actually believe that. You know, subconsciously, if not, I'm sure they don't do it consciously. They don't mean to do it. But my goodness, Zamborski and company, 
Same thing with uh, Bennett. And again, we talk about McDuffie. Bennett has a couple of weapons that they don't use. They're not going to be Conley Cup finalists. Obviously, uh, Isaiah McDuffie's the feature back. But uh, just to give a shout to a couple of them other guys, uh, a finalist, I would think uh, Brad Benson of Maple Grove. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. He does everything. Uh, if he, it might be even incognito selling uh, hamburgers at halftime or something like that. That guy is good. He I think I, very I would, good. I think I would add Brandon Yax to uh, to the list. I think uh, he has to be thrown in as well. Especially if they knock off South Park next week. Yes, yeah, he may be a finalist. Now. All right, if they let's say they they lose the game, but he still puts up impressive numbers, that shouldn't count against him. It shouldn't. Uh, but I'm saying it'll boost them if they do knock off South Park. I'm not putting that saying it's all or nothing, but. I guarantee you if they knock off South Park with what he's done the rest of the year, assuming he's a factor, and it's hard to imagine him not being a factor in the game when they knock off South Park, yeah, he'll be a finalist. Joe, your thoughts? Bradley Benson, no doubt, but they don't give much respect to Class D down there looking. Um, you guys talking about canceling people out. Maryvale runs for like 500 yards every game. They got Law, Casey, Reem, Snyder, but you got to look at McDuffie on both sides of the ball. I mean, they got if they give him the ball all game, they could have 200 every game. But you got to count the 10 tackles, 15 tackles he makes too. I mean, you talk best all-around athlete. And you could look at Cleveland and Matt Eldridge. I mean, he's solid too. Well, to make the case for McDuffie, you only have to look back at Capone Smith. When he was doing it, he was outstanding at defensive back and outstanding at quarterback. Yeah, and what it says... Best athlete. Not best stats, best athlete. And when you say both ways, that's just another uh, pat on the back for uh, Ian Baker. Uh, I don't know if you recall, a few weeks ago, Dave Luca was in studio. He thinks uh, Ian Baker's future as a college football player is as a defensive player, not as a running back. Knowing what we know about him as a running back, that is saying a lot, Anthony. Absolutely. Marquel? Um, shout out to Mark Adair. He does a really good job with Football Weekly. That's um, outstanding. You got to check it out. Following the stats, um, as of last week, the leading rusher in Western New York was Alexander from Gowanda. He was leading Western New York and rushing by about 200 yards and had two more touchdowns than the next guy. Um, got to shout out a couple of my Chictawaga guys. Um, Eric Bartnick, quarterback from Chictawaga, outstanding quarterback. His receiver, um, Stephen Parker, leading Western New York in receiving yards. And another favorite of mine who I'm going to see today, Aaron Waller, running back at Cleveland, one of the leading rushers with touchdowns and um, yards. But I would like to, I would really like to see Bradley Benson um, in there. He's, he's an outstanding player. And um, <clears throat> I know um, Orchard Park, really good passing team, but um, Josh Dahl. Running back, yeah. stud, behind the line, behind a possible Trent Trophy finalist, Dan Kubik, who stands at 6'7", <laughs> and I don't even know how many pounds. Um, a lot. He did an awesome speech after the game. They must have 70 players on their team, and he wanted to see every single one of them in the weight room today. I'd be afraid of him if I was them. They better make That's it to the up. weight room. Maguccio, um, you mentioned Cam. Oh, oh, 174 yards, three touchdowns. 
Anthony, we didn't mention any of the Monsignor Martin. You know, we're not snubbing, trying to snub him and all that. Canisius, I'm not sure how you pick one guy. Uh, the wide receiver, uh, Berniston, they're all good. You know, I don't know if you put in a, a place kicker in one of there, but, uh, you know, you got Blake Hobiel, uh who can kick 60-yard field goals and all that. Uh, we haven't had someone with that kind of credential since uh, Sano DeAngelis, and he was an all-purpose guy. So, but just uh, so uh, Canisius doesn't uh, uh, accuse us of uh, overlooking them. How about Hickson? Is he still in uh, in the running for St. Francis, or because uh, they're not having the season that they wanted to? My personal opinion on him: I don't know if he's worthy of Conley Cup only because. Uh, it is not a career achievement thing. If you're talking three-year career, he might be near or at the top of the list. So far this year, I don't think his uh, performances would merit. I would think there are ten better. Not having said that, he's still got three or four games that he can improve on that. All right, guys, thank you very much, Marquel, Joe, and Roger. Big thank you to Grand Island Junior Vikings Little League Football for hosting us today. Uh, it's turning out to be a nice day right now. The clouds have gone away. The sun is out. And uh, come out here and enjoy some Little League football. You'll be surprised at how much fun it is. Thanks to uh, Nate Gary back at the studio. We'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.